Hi, I'm Tim Smith. I'm the president and CEO of Eagle Print Dynamics. I come to you today with a message, but I have to admit that I'm humbled to be here. I'm humbled and I'm going to tell you two stories that uh, give the reason why I'm humbled. The first one is I feel like Paul when he was talking in 1 Timothy 1.15, where he says that he was the big, biggest of all sinners. And sometimes I feel that way. Why would I be standing here talking to a group of CEOs and business people about God and the Bible and how to live? But you know, there's a second story that I want to talk about. And that's a little about a young man, probably 10 to 12 years old, maybe 14, probably was about five feet tall, maybe weighed 100 pounds, soaking wet. And he overheard some people talking. He heard the Israel, overheard the Israelites talking. And they were afraid of a battle because there was a giant named Goliath that they were coming up against. And that giant was about nine feet taller, taller. And he was a tried and true warrior. He had probably killed many people in his life. And he had a spear and he had a shield and he even had an armor bearer going before him. And here comes this David, this little boy coming up to him and challenging him because he was challenging God. He was challenging the Israelites and challenging God. And this little boy had what I call an unfair competitive advantage because he had God on his side. And we all know the story that David killed Goliath. And that's how I feel speaking to you today. I have an unfair competitive advantage. I have God on my side. I want to ask you two questions. Take your time before you answer, because your answer will determine how your performance is going to be in the future. The first question is, does what you do matter? The second question is, is anyone watching? I'll get back to these answers in a little while. I just got back from an organization called Royal Family Kids Camp, and I was a camp counselor for a week. And there was a really, we had a really good director. Her name was Margaret. And we had a really good counselor. His name was John. And I was in the same cabin as John. And at one night, John told the campers that he was married to the director. And the campers said, we knew because we saw you kissing her. So they were watching, even though these 10 and 12-year-old boys that didn't seem to want to do anything, always said they didn't want to participate, they were watching what was going on, even when we didn't know they were watching. I want to tell you another story, and this is about a trip I took to Washington. And in this trip, there was a friend of mine who came to me and told me that he worked for a company that had 5,500 employees. And I asked him, you know, who, who was the most important person in that company? And he told me, well, it's this one guy. And you know what? He's not the CEO. He's not the COO. He's not the CFO. 
He's not any C-level person. He wasn't the president of the company. He wasn't even on the board of directors. But he had the largest budget of anybody in the company. And I asked him why. And he said because his job was to help any manager who had a problem that was unsolvable, and he was good at his job, and he helped them solve it. And because of that, he had the largest budget in the company. Well, I want to tell you about somebody else. Do you know that God is omniscient? Do you know that he knows everything? He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future. And he also has an infinite budget. So although this guy at this company was really good, he doesn't even begin to compare with God. So the trick is, how do we buy in or how do we tap in to this knowledge that God can give us to run our companies? Well, there's three different things that I use. And the first one comes from Psalm 3, 1 through 4. Lord, how my foes increase. There are many who attack me. Many say about me, there is no help for him in God. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts up my head. I cry aloud, and he answers me from his holy mountain. So we can pray to God and get answers in that way. Another way we can get answers and help is from trusted friends. And this comes from Proverbs eleven fourteen. Without guidance, people fall. But with many counselors, there is deliverance. But I can tell you for me, mostly, I get my answers through Scripture. And the scripture, one scripture I like to read is Psalm 119, 1 through 6. How happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk according to the Lord's instruction. Happy are those who keep his decrees and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have commanded that your precepts be diligently kept. If only my ways were committed to keeping your statutes, then I would not be ashamed when I think about all your commands. Or another verse is Psalm 119.105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let me repeat this because this is one of the most important verses you're going to hear today. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When this was written, travelers used to journey on trails. And at nighttime, there were no street lights or the things we have today. So they used to walk with lamps and they would walk with the lamp out in front of them and the lamp would show them each step of the way. And I think that's just a great picture of walking this journey in business with God, with that lamp lighting each step of our way. We can't see too far in advance. The lamps don't show very far forward but it shows us each and every step. I accepted Christ about 41 years ago. I was at the rock bottom in my life, and I was looking for a change. You know, by worldly standards, I was about as successful as a 27-year-old could be. 
I had a house on a hill. I drove a Mercedes Benz. I married my childhood sweetheart. She was the head cheerleader and I was the captain of the football team. Can it get any better than that by worldly standards? I used to go to Hollywood and be invited to parties and be guests of celebrities, but my life fell apart. And another person in my life was my brother. Now my brother by worldly standards was not successful. He was in the Navy for six years. He had just gotten out. He had two kids. He actually had to live with me for a few months because he couldn't afford anywhere to live. He lived in an apartment between the two of them. They had one car, and uh, they really struggled financially. But, you know, my brother had something I just, I wanted. I, I was at the bottom. I was willing to change my life. I was willing to give up everything for what he had. And what I found out is he had Jesus Christ, and I did not. So I started a journey then, accepted Christ, and I started a journey in the Bible, reading the Bible every day. My brother got me involved with a men's Bible study group, and we met once a week, and we would share our seven devotions that we had through that week. And we would write on a slip of paper what God said and our response to it. But that discipline has carried me for 41 years, and I have done that ever since. And I can't tell you how many times problems are solved at work before they even become problems because I can recall things that God told me in those devotion times. So through this journey, I've learned many lessons from Scripture. Many of them I've used in business, and I want to touch on three of them right now. The first is God is for me. And I get this from Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. All of us have times in business when times are tough. But if we can remember that God is there with us, and his plan for us isn't for destruction. His plan is for success. And he will give us a future and a hope. So the first is God is for me. And the second one is God wants, to, wants us to love those around us. It doesn't take much to go to the verse John 3.16 to know about God's love. So God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. If we can embrace this kind of love, just think about how that would change our organizations. I think, too, when we display this kind of love for our employees, I believe they're watching us, and they want to see how we're going to live. And I know for me, an answer to, to my prayers would be that all of my employees' hearts would change and they would become Christians. So I have another verse, and that's Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I think this describes every one of us. We start off with this heart of stone. I did. I already talked about how I was a sinner. I already talked about 
how I thought my life was great, but I, I reached rock bottom when it was at its top. So I believe that, uh, that we have a heart of stone and God can change that. And I think this love and care is our motivation to um, love those around us. And we know that God can change them. So I think we need to ask ourselves sometimes how we treat people. I came to Christ because I saw the change in my older brother, and I wanted what I saw. How about when someone lets you down, can you still show love? Because people are watching. How about when someone doesn't pay you? I know all of us business owners have that happen sometimes. How do we react? How do we show people how important money is to us? Or are people more important? How about if you catch an employee in a lie? How are you going to respond? All right, the first one is God is for me. The second one is God wants to love the, us to love those around us. And the third point I want to make is put God first above all else. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. So how are you going to implement this principle in your daily lives? Well, for me, the first thing I want to do is I want to pray. And I want to make it clear to people around me that I'm praying. If an employee has an issue or a problem at home, I tell them I may be praying for them. And a lot of times I'll send them an email that's a prayer for them. Or if, they, if they're sick, I shoot them an email back right away praying for them. I read the Bible, and I'm intentional about reading the Bible. It's not like when I have time, I'll get around to it. I set time aside. And uh, for me, my wife and I read it together, and it's been one of the best things we've ever done in our marriage. Next is ask yourself, am I doing this the way God would have me do it, or am I living my life my way? I think we all need to keep uh, doing a self-examination to make sure we're on track and living the life that God has called us to live. And then I go back to Jeremiah 29, 11, and I know God is for us, not against us, and wants to give us a future and a hope. So when things are going bad at work, I don't think, oh, God's not for me. He's given up on me. That's not true. That's from the devil. God is telling us that he's for us. And we are called to be like Jesus. Did his life matter? Jesus came into a world of sinners, and he came to save us. And I think his life mattered infinitely. Without Jesus, we would all be destined for hell. Were people watching him? Do you realize that there are 77 verses in the Bible that depict the Pharisees' attitude toward Jesus as they looked for a way to kill him. I can't think of anyone in history that was looked at more than Jesus was. Here's a sobering question. If people are watching, what will they see? 
I do not want them to see Tim, but I want them to see Christ living in me. And the only way I know how to do this is is by being in constant communication with God. And I can tell you for me, of the three ways we hear from God that I outlined, the one that works the best for me is reading Scripture. You know, our friends may give us good advice, but sometimes they may have an ulterior motive or something, else, or something else. And while sometimes I may hear God's voice when I'm praying, it might just be my voice. But God's word is in black and white. And I think it's really important that we pay attention to what we're reading. And we can go back and look at it again. And we can look, search the scripture to see if it's consistent with what else God is telling us through the scriptures. When I started my lesson, I asked, does what you do matter? Is anyone watching you? I think what we do matters tremendously. It matters to us. It matters to those around us. And it matters to God. If we did not matter, there would be no Psalm 5117, which says, The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Nor would we, nor would there be John 3.16. If we did not matter, why would Jesus go to the cross to die for us? Now, is anyone watching? I wonder if my brother had any idea how my life would change because I was watching him. There is a saying about uh, CEOs, and I think it's true. And it's that it's lonely at the top is the saying. I feel that loneliness. I am sure most CEOs do. However, do not confuse that with being alone. Just by your position, people will look up to you. They are watching. Immerse yourselves in God's word. Live a changed life. You never know when someone is looking to see Jesus in you. God's word is indeed a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Only by hearing from him can we live the life he has called us to live. Our life really will matter. And when people watch us, they will be able to see Jesus, not us. Now, as a minister of JCCEOs, I'd like to close this in prayer. Lord, I just pray that the words I just shared will not go without helping people, without some people realizing how important it is how they behave, because whether they know it or not, people are watching them. Whether they know it or not, Jesus cares about them. Whether they know it or not, their lives are very important. I pray that you will uplift many by this message and help us to live our lives stronger for you. In Jesus' name, amen.